Assalamu alaikum family. Welcome to the Brother Ben X show. This is your brother Ben X and uh, we about to go live today with something that I feel is going to be very important. Let me raise this up real quick. Uh, it's going to be very important because uh, this is for my Muslim family out there. But if you are Muslim, it doesn't mean that this isn't for you per se. Uh, actually, it's a reminder for all of us because we know that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said we are all Muslims by nature. See, by nature, we are born righteous. By nature, we are born to submit our will to do the will of God. That's what a Muslim is, one who submits his or her will to do the will of God. And if we wasn't born in sin, shaped in iniquity, we wouldn't have been led astray by this world because Satan in the Bible deceived the whole world and in the Quran made evil fair seeming. Now, the killer part about Satan making evil fair seeming is this. With him making evil fair seeming, it talks about, see, when when you get in trouble for following him and deviating and going a certain way, and now you are in a time of trouble or disobedience, it says he responded like this. All I did was call. I had no authority over you. All I did was call and you came. So it's important for us to constantly get that reminder. It talks about the remembrance of Allah is the greatest force. We have to constantly be get that reminder in our life, whether we set it up or we hear from another brother so that we can check ourselves and make sure we on that right path. Does that make sense? It talks about a reminder being good for the believer. So what I want to talk about today is Hajj, the meaning of Hajj in Islam. Now you have those who are religious Religious slaves is what we call them who believe that just doing the rituals makes you holy. And that is not the case. You just doing the ritual does not make you holy. You just praying, doing the form, doing your salas, doing your do whatever. That don't make you holy. You going to church, drinking of the blood. Eating of the cracker. The, the cracker. You eating of the cracker. That don't make you holy. You you being dipped in the water. You didn't come up with a, a, a change, man. Your sins wasn't literally wiped away. That was symbolism. That was symbolic for what's supposed to happen in the heart and the mind. Talks about the circumcision of the heart. See, but we get in religion and we think once I do the rituals, that's made, that makes me a holy person. But if the ritual isn't a reminder of the principle and cleaning our heart and our mind up, then we doing it for nothing. We, 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 we going through the rotations. We going through the movements. We learning stuff. We can recite stuff for nothing. So in this video, we're going to talk about the meaning of Hodge, the journey. Uh, but bef but uh, before we get into that, I want to talk about, uh, read this from, uh, it's a reprint from Salam back in the day, 1970. This is when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad went to Mecca, actually. So I want to kind of go over this. He says, this I'll never forget. On my arrival in Jeddah, Arabia, December 23rd, 1959, it was almost a necessity that I go to Mecca. The next day was Thursday, December 24th, 1959, and the authorities made ready a car to take me and my two sons over the little 40-mile distance from Jeddah to the ancient city, which is the glory of, Muslim world, uh, of the Muslim world of Islam. 
It is the only city on our planet that is divinely protected and made sacred and inviolable, almost surrounded by black hills of stone and sand. We were dressed in what is called Imram, which consists of two sheets of flesh tower-like material, one to cover the upper part of the body, leaving the right arm exposed, and the other one covered the lower part of the body. We also wore a pair of sandal-like slippers. These were the only clothes that were worn from Jeddah to Mecca. And as I played a video of the minister speaking, he's going to explain why everyone wore that same dress. Uh, he talked about wash hands and faces. On our arrival, we were taken to a hotel where we washed our faces and hands again. And a guy was brought to us. He was an old man, tall and very slender. He had been informed of me and he took me by the hand like a father leading his child. As we began walking from the hotel to the sacred mosque of Islam, he made us recite after him in Arabic the prayers and some verses from the Holy Quran every step of the way. On entering that uh, holy and magnificent place, he proceeded with us to the court where stands the Kaaba and that prophetic sign, the black stone. Remember, he said that prophetic sign, the black stone and the builders rejected placed in one corner of that great black veil monument that stands in a circle, seven circles around the Kaaba. Our God made us remove our sandals before circling it. And they were left outside with an old Muslim sister. Then we began making the seven circles around the Kaaba, repeating prayers at every step of the way and stopping at two of its corners uh, on every trip around. Raised our hands towards it while repeating a prayer and then saying Allah Akbar, which means Allah is the greatest. Thousands of Muslims in court. There were between five and ten thousand Muslims inside the court of the mosque. Such a prayer service I have never witnessed before, being with these thousands of sincere worshipers of God, his religion, and Muhammad, his prophet. On encircling it for the last time, the, pil uh, the pilgrim makers asked to kiss the black stone. There uh, before my eyes were many hands of pilgrims trying to reach for that stone. This I'll never forget. After circling the Kaaba seven times and saying prayers, our God, then making then made us go and make the seven runs between the hills of Safa and Marwa. I don't know if I said that particularly right. He never let my hands go except to raise his hand in prayer. I cannot forget it. I will not ever forget Allah, forget Allah for blessing me to make the pilgrimage and for my faithful followers in America. Some of them who may never be fortunate to make such a pilgrimage divided their wealth to make it possible for me and those whom I chose to make this never to be forgotten pilgrimage. May Allah forgive them, bless them. And there's some of the pictures um, when he was there. And I don't know if that salon was a magazine or newspaper. It looked more like a magazine, but that's where that was reprinted from. Now, as I get into this situation, I want you all to listen for the principles of uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as he breaks this down. Now, you hear people say all the time the minister wouldn't say what he's saying in front of Muslims, what they call real Muslims, which is basically people that's from the East or Arabs or whatever. They consider them uh, the real just because of how they dress. They can speak Arab, uh, Arabic. But you're going to see here the minister's teaching here in front of a, 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 a pool of Muslims, and he's breaking down the meaning of of Hajj. So I want you guys to listen carefully. <laughs> Muhammad, 
understand what he's saying i don't understand everything that he's saying but if you know a little arabic you kind of know but he's about to bring the minister up Yeah, I have to just go and skip past that, y'all. Here we go. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, we give him praise and thanks for all of his goodness and mercy to the human family. The greatest of his mercies to us is the gift of divine guidance through his servants, the prophets. We thank Allah for Musa and the Torah, 
We thank him for Esau and the Injil. We thank him for Muhammad and the Quran. Peace be upon these worthy servants of Allah. As a student of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, I thank Allah for his intervention in our affairs, raising up from among us a man to lead, teach, and guide us to the path of God that we may be successful. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I greet all of you, my dear and beloved brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. To my dear Sheikh and to all of my Muslim family gathered here to celebrate Eid al-Adha. I am honored beyond words to be with you this morning. As I think of Hajj and I think of Eid al-Adha, the festival of sacrifice. What did Allah mean for the human family when he instructed the Prophet, peace be upon him, to proclaim Hajj and let everyone come from wherever they are, on every fleet or lean camel, by whatever means they can, every Muslim once in his or her lifetime should make this journey to Mecca to perform the Hajj. I was blessed several years ago to make that historic journey. And it was at the Hajj that I saw more into the beauty of our faith. We have been given by Allah the most beautiful of all the religions. We have been given the perfected form of worship by Almighty Allah. As I was in Minna preparing to go to Arafat, I saw two elderly men. They must have been in their 80s. They were holding each other's hand and they were walking toward Arafat. And I looked at them and the thought came to my mind, these brothers have come to this pilgrimage to die in faith at Arafat giving praise to the one God. I asked myself, what kind of religion is this? That we would strive to die in the way of God making this historic journey. And as we performed the Hajj, and I was later given by performing the Hajj, the title of Haji. I asked myself, what does this mean? If Mecca is a sign, and the Kaaba is a sign, 
and the running between the two hills is a sign. And the hours that we spend at Arafat is a sign. And our journey to Muzdalifah and our stoning of shaitan is a sign. The question is, what is it a sign of? A sign is that which points to or toward something that is greater than itself. Hajj is a sign. And what it is pointing to is the life journey of a Muslim. And Hajj is pointing to the type of society that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, wanted us to bring into existence. The pilgrimage contains magnificent principles of truth which must be extracted from the ritual and placed in our daily life. Mm. What do we mean? We cannot perform Hajj without taking off our garments. And all of the pilgrims must wear the same seamless garment. In a world like this, where there are some who are rich, some who are considered middle class, some who are very poor, we distinguish ourselves sometimes in society by the good clothes we wear, by the good home in which we live, or by the good car that we drive, or by the um, great practice that we do in our professional life that earns us respect among our fellow human beings. But when we come to Hajj, we take off these comments that may separate us one from the other, either by national dress or by richness or poverty, and we all put on the same garment. The seamless garment that every Muslim must wear is not just the ihram garment, but it is the seamless garment of truth. For Allah says in the Quran that He has made all truth to connect, to join with each other. So if all truths join with each other, that means all revelations that God sent down by His prophets have a joining point that there is a seamless garment of truth that God has revealed to the human family. And so, family, I, I just must say, man, this is one of the reasons why I personally love the Nation of Islam because it's not a... Uh, a spooky thing, man. It's not a ritualistic thing. The minister really strives to, and the minister, student ministers really strive to explain what things mean. You hear people say all the time, did you pray five times today? Did you do this? Did you do that? And it stops there. Did you do it? And when you ask why, well, what, what's, the, what's the purpose of it? What's the meaning of it? It's just, well, that's what the prophet did. So the minister talked about in one of his lectures when he was talking about us being turned into religious slaves, he talked about, okay, if, if they ask why two times in the morning, three towards the evening, you just say, I don't know, then you're not doing it with the proper spirit. When you got the right hand over the left hand, when you're doing your prayers, if you don't understand, this is the righteous submitting 
or you are submitting your 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 lower desire, you're suppressing. That's what that's the word I'm looking for. Suppressing your lower desires. Now it makes sense. Okay, that's what it resembles. That's what it means. Not necessarily that when I put my right hand over the left hand, that means I'm a righteous brother. No, that's a reminder. That's a principle of that's what we should be doing in our lives. Suppressing those lower desires that don't mean good. Suppressing those lower thoughts that's going to lead you to a bad consequence. So when a nation breaks these things down for you, man, that's what makes it that much more powerful and not just so ritualistic. It is Shaitan who has divided us up by revelation or prophet. But when we get to Mecca, we put on a seamless garment. And what the prophet was teaching us is that the truth that God revealed to him is a truth that will link all righteous people together no matter what their race, their religion, their ethnicity, their language, the seamless garment of the divine revelation of Allah, the Qur'an, if properly administered, will link the whole human family together. Mm. When we go on Hajj, we're forbidden at a certain point to have relationships, uh, sexual relationships. We're forbidden to argue or quarrel with one another during Hajj. Well, in our pilgrimage to God, to find oneness with Allah, that Allah may be pleased with us and we pleased with Him, that is the real journey, the journey of man to become one with God. That is the real pilgrimage. Right. We are on that journey now. But how many of us will sacrifice argument during Hajj, but will come back home and live our lives arguing with one another. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that argument among Muslims drives away the spirit of Allah. So many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred in thirty thousand dollars in two days well there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message all you have to do is text 50k to 210-504-4094 and we'll give you more information with free game and we'll let you guys know how we made a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in two days text the word 50k to 210-504-4094 we'll give you updates notifications and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. When Muslims argue with one another, our egos get involved in the argument. Mm -hmm. Our emotions are inflamed and our powers of reasoning are lessened. So Muslims should not quarrel with one another. For the truth of the Quran should settle all argument. So he says we should not argue with one another. And the truth that's in the Quran should settle our arguments. That is a great reminder for us all, because if we don't have that base, Brother Malik, you say all the time, brother. He says, brother, if you if you going back and forth with somebody, because we're taught to argue in the best of manners. But if you you going in, you, you, you having a discussion with somebody and they don't have a base, like they don't have anything that they believe in. They don't have no foundation. He said, brother, you wasting your time because they're always going to say, well, well, I don't believe that. Well, well, brother, I don't, I don't know about that. Brother, I don't follow that. 
See, but when you both have a a base, when you both have a foundation, it's not emotional anymore. We're going back to what this thing said. We're going back to what you stand on. We're going back to your principles. This is what we're going to be arguing or, or, or talking about, discussing. And so as Muslims or whomever, Christians, Hebrews, like whatever the case may be, we got to go back and say, okay, what it is that we agree on, let's argue based on, let's settle our differences based on this, not emotional, not if I want you to be a part of this and you didn't want to be a part of this, not, well, no, nah, you light-skinned, I'm dark-skinned, not, nah, well, brother, I don't like the way you didn't give me no bean pie, brother, well, you didn't give me none of your bean soup. No, we arguing based on this foundation right here, and that's what a, I think it's strengthening the brotherhood because see, once it gets emotional, you think it's personal, but it really not. That destroys the brotherhood. That destroys the sisterhood. So having that foundation, that base, that principle that you both stand on, that's what, that's what should be settling our arguments, not, you understand me, emotions and, uh, and opinions. Allah has given us the best arguments in the Quran, but the arguments that we engage in sometimes destroys our love for one another, makes us dissatisfied with each other, and breaks our journey to God. So it is in Hajj. No, um, you sacrifice sex, you sacrifice argument, you sacrifice your national dress to become one with God. It is the worship of God that is most important. The last two things I will mention is being at Arafat where the sun was so hot. Many of the Muslims, many I saw that passed or died and they had refrigerated trucks with many, many bodies. Many of our dear brothers and sisters came to die and did die on this great a journey. Arafat, a desert, sand, and surrounded by mountains of stone. Mm. And when you heat stone and heat sand and the sun coming straight down, that is like an oven. And there, under a tent, Muslims stay for the main part of the day until the sun has come down past its zenith. Well, then we go to Masdalifah and then we stone Shaitan. I enjoyed that part of a Hajj and I noticed that when I stoned Shaitan, I said Allahu Akbar so loud till the people nearby looked around to see but I was so in the spirit of stoning shaitan. And then we had to sacrifice a camel, a sheep, or some animal. And when I left Hajj after making my tawaf around the, the holy Kaaba and making my run between the two hills, I came back to the United States to ponder what I had come through. And in my conclusion, dear brothers, I believe that the whole journey of Hajj is to tell us our life's work. There you go, must listen. As Muslims. Listen up. Number one, we must control passions. 
Mm. Number two, Muslims must stop quarreling among themselves. Number one, control our passions. Number two, we must control these quarrels. I'm probably saying it wrong. Against ourselves. But I want to touch on that controlling our passions because that's very important. Because oftentimes it's our lower desires that get us in trouble. It's our lower passions that get us in trouble. And see, that's where that devil or that serpent creeps in. That slinking devil. Huh? That voice, that lower self on the inside. See, whenever you watching cartoons, they tell you, I got the devil on one side and the angel on one side. And they're like, you listen to the angel, then you listen to the devil. You listen to the angel, then you listen to the devil. See, these are voices that's already innate inside of you. So the minister said one time, would you kill the messenger of God? And of course, the audience said, no, sir, brother minister, we wouldn't kill the messenger of God. You know what he said back? He says, brothers and sisters, you kill the messenger of God every day. Every time you deny and lessen the voice of God, that consciousness, that self-accusing spirit within that tells you, brother, don't do that. You know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Come on, sister. You know, you're not supposed. The more we lessen that voice and silence that voice, we are killing the messenger of God. And so when it talks about that serpent in the tree with Adam and Eve, God gave them a command not to eat of this tree of good and evil, which represent actually philosophy, mixing truth with falsehood. But see, when God gives us a command, when we already know that God has given us a, a, a command by nature, we know the right thing to do. There is an, a snake, a serpent that's crooked like, huh? It's crooked, crooked thought, contrary to the will of God. So whenever you know this command, there's a voice that says, mm, try it anyway. Mm, do it anyway. See, so the minister says the devil is deceptive intelligence, rationalizing disobedience. Listen to what I'm saying. The devil is deceptive intelligence, rationalizing disobedience break that down for me brother ben what do you mean by that well if we're not supposed to eat pork deceptive intelligence is this well brother ben i i went to the store brother and i went to walmart brother and that's all they had left brother ben was pork so i guess i gotta go ahead and eat this pork see that's deceptive intelligence deceptive intelligence rationalizing the disobedience so you 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 making the evil fair seeming now devil so there's a lot of Lord desires that we have. Brother Ben, I had to pay charity. Brother Ben, I had to give charity to the mosque. I have to give charity to the church. So what I decided to do, Brother Ben, because I didn't have no money, I, I mean, I, I flipped a little weed. I, I sold to Brother Lakush. See, that was disobedience. But you rationalized it by saying, I, I used the money, Brother Ben, to, to pay this hill. Mm-mm, that's the devil there. So we got to get in control of our passions, brothers and sisters, because our passion and our wants and our so-called needs lead us into some trouble that actually sends us contrary to the will of God. Number three, if we stop quarreling, then no Muslim should fight another Muslim. It is sad that we are seeing Muslim nations today. Killing 
each other. Mm. This must cease lest we interfere with our journey to Allah. Third, we must create a society that is free of class, mm. free of color, free of that which divides one Muslim from another. Look at you. You are Arabs and you have come from many Arab countries. Come on. But in America, America seems to fuse disparate elements together. And here you are from all over the Arab world, even though there may be political differences in these various countries, Islam rises above political differences and makes us one great community. And the sacrifice of life and the stoning of shaitan, the sacrifice of the sheep and the camel, both of which are peaceful animals, is telling us that every Muslim must be willing to sacrifice his or her life in the cause of peace. Mm. And every Muslim must be willing to sacrifice the animal instinct of self Come on. that we may grow into the reflection of Allah's attributes. Did y'all hear how the minister just broke that down, man? Or was it just me? Do you see how the minister took the religious aspect of it? The ritualistic aspect of it, killing the, 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 the lamb, sacrificing this, sacrificing that, and showed us how that's symbolic and brought it right back home to us and showed us how that's a part of our evolutionary process into becoming one with God. I got to I gotta rewind that back. I, don't, I think some of y'all missed that. We gotta, let's, let's, let's listen to that again. Muslim from another. Look at you. You are Arabs and you have come from many Arab countries. Man, but man. in America, America seems to fuse disparate elements together. And here you are from all over the Arab world, even though there may be political differences in these various countries, Islam rises above political differences and makes us one great community. Mm -hmm. and the sacrifice of life and the stoning of shaitan, the sacrifice of the sheep and the camel, both of which are peaceful animals, is telling us that every Muslim mm. must be willing to sacrifice his or her life in the cause of peace. Come on, man. And every Muslim must be willing to sacrifice the animal instinct of self that we may grow into the reflection of Allah's attributes. Come on, man. Is that not beautiful? What does he mean, animalistic? I heard the minister breaking that down one day, the difference between the animal's man and the mind of God. He said that the animals are, they move off of instinct. You see how they 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 just kill. They just they ain't they ain't thinking. They not rationalizing. They ain't math. They not calculating. They just going. That's how we are, nigga. What you looking at? Pow, man. That nigga stepped on my pow. We just so animalistic. We killing left and right. I'm shooting up the whole family. I'm doing a drive. I'm, I don't give a damn if it's children out there. Look at we got a beast mindset. 
What is a savage? Savage is one who has lost the knowledge of himself living a beast life. We living like beasts out here, man. You're killing somebody else because you ain't got what you what you think you should have because they got it. Beast, instinct, emotion. Not necessarily emotion, but more so instinct. Just you ain't even thinking about it. He said, man, emotional. Okay, I'm going to give him a raise because he gave me a donut. I'm going to give him a raise because he always comes up and he speaks to me. He not he not too productive, but ah, he I like I like him. He got a nice person. See, that's him. We it's, it's emotional. He said God is mathematical. Once you come up to the mind of God, he's mathematical. Ain't no emotions, ain't just instinct, mathematical. Hey, uh, I understand you brought me donuts. I understand you're a good guy, but according to the numbers, huh? According to the data, according to the actual facts, I'm going to have to let you go. Because we done did this over and over again. Got to let you go. Understand, we still brothers. But mathematically, hey, got to see mathematical, not emotional. Not, oh, this is my cousin. Oh, this is my mama. Oh, this is my, he's not a respecter of persons, principles, data, mathematics. That's how we got to move. So we got to kill what the minister is saying. We got to kill this animalistic thought of us, mind that we have, lifestyle that we have. These See, it's, 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 that's what it means. See, you're suppressing that lower animalistic mindset, that nature that we have. We got to kill that in order to establish peace. We got to we got to start the reason why this brother's acting like that. We got to start the reason when we have differences. We got to start the reason when we arguing with one another and not just uh, 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 selling on the worst part of the planet Earth, acting other than ourselves. We got to kill that if we want peace. Man, this is beautiful, man. So now think about this. Now, when you perform in Hodge and when you do get into the rituals, now you understand, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what this is a reminder of. But see, if I'm doing my Islam and I'm just doing it just because somebody says so and I don't understand that principle, it just it just becomes something that you do. So it really connects everything and it brings it home for you so you can always be focused on self-improvement. That's what I love about the nation and the minister. And so I close, dear beloved Muslims, asking you, why do you think that Allah moved you to leave the countries of your birth to come to the United States of America. Why are you here? Mm. Do you think you're just here to be a professional and to make money and to do your daily work and build a mosque just for yourself? Mm. Is that why you're here? Mm -mm. No, I don't think so. This America and the Western Hemisphere is the last frontier. Mm. Islam has gone all over the world, but Islam was forbidden inside the United States of America. And as long as you practice passive Islam, meaning I go to the mosque, I say my prayers, I fast during the month of Ramadan. Right. I give in charity, mm -hmm. but I do nothing in terms of that revolutionary spirit of Islam to touch every non-believer. Mm. Then my goodness is good for nothing. Come on. You are not here for that. You are here as representatives 
of the last prophet of God to bring Islam to this frontier until America becomes an Islamic country. America. America is our workplace. Come on now. God has brought you here and brought us together into Islam for one purpose. Big field. The wickedness of America is so great that if we don't correct it, it will destroy those children mm. that you brought into this world that are trying to be Muslims, but this world is so corrupt. The corruption will seep in and take your daughters, take your sons, take them away from Islam. So we cannot afford to be passive, non-functional Muslims. We have a job to do. Come on. And that is to make America Islamic. Now remember, Islam is submission to the will of God. Muslim, you know, it's peace, establishing peace. And I really hope that all of the Muslims out there, prior 75, you know, I hear brothers tell me all the time, brother, I was registered back in the 80s. Brother, I got registered in the 90s. Brother, I got registered in the 70s. Listen, brother. All praise is due to Allah. But if you're not in this fight right now, bro, that ain't helping me telling me that you registered back in the day. That ain't registered telling me that you was present when the minister spoke in 81. Brother, I was on post right there and that. Listen, to be honest, man, I listen, that's cool, man. I thank you for your work. But at this point in time, we got children coming behind us. We need you to be living right. Listen, I think they used to say uh, what they used to tell me coming up. Uh. Uh, oh, what they say dead, uh, what they say about the used to bees, used to bees don't make new honey, something like that. Ah, that's cool. You telling me what you used to do. And then the minister I know said dead people talk about what they used to do. Living people talk about what they're doing. Don't keep talking about the past. Don't keep talking about the eighties, the seventies. You got grandchildren coming up now. If we don't push a positive message, if we don't push the, pro- the the righteous principles, our children and grandchildren is going to come up in the world and they're going to be usurped by America. We're going to be usurped by a mindset that makes evil fair seeming. So we got work to do. I don't give a damn what you did in the 60s and said, I mean, I do, but I don't I understand it. I, I thank you. I thank the pioneers. So don't get the message twisted in what I'm saying. I think we thank them for the hard work because without them, we wouldn't even be able to say assalamu alaikum and be cool with it. FOR wouldn't even be established like it is. But if you're telling me just to tell me what you used to do, that's, that, that, that's pointless at this point. The minister's 85, 86, 87 plus years old. I think he's 86, 86 plus years old. And this man is still with his health condition that you all know about. Is still working and working and teaching and teaching and working and breaking it down. Who are we to be 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 and 50 years old talking about, man, I, brother, that's for you young brothers. Man, that's foolishness. He said lions never retire. We got people coming up after us, man. Even if, okay, you say, but I ain't with that. Whatever your truth is, man, push it. Whatever your truth is, man, establish it. So that your son and daughter won't be caught by this world that's still being built by them. See, if we're playing basketball, think about this. If the devil got his team, I got my team. 
we eat, we got to play offense and some defense. Offense and defense. You may say defense is we finna boycott. Okay, we boycott, but what's the offense? Where we going to go now? Okay, the white man's school. Okay, he messing up. He ain't teaching us real knowledge of self ain't. Okay, now we got to establish something either physically or online. We got to have our own place where now they can come and get the truth, where they can come and get knowledge itself. We got to establish something one way or the other. Or we going to be in trouble. So don't be passive in whatever it is that you know. Don't be content and okay that I know it. Oh, I, I got the truth, brother. I know this. Brother, I know the whole supreme wisdom. All praise is due to a lot. But what is that doing for the next man? What is that doing for the next sister? Because we got to establish a world, a community, man. So that when our children go outside, we ain't got to worry about them coming back with bullet holes in them. When our children go out and they learning something, they watching YouTube, they can, they got many places to learn and, and be in and get entertained because that's important. But they get entertained and they get in and they get knowledge with that. That's 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 what we got to be thinking about, man. So c- come on, pick your suit back up, man. Pick your bow tie back up. Pick them garments back up. Pick the wisdom back up. And push this thing, man, so we can have some for our children and for us in the future. And so, beloved Muslims, I am honored to be your guest this morning. I am honored to share Id al-Adha with you. I pray that Allah will bless us as a community to sacrifice the things that keep us from working to make Islam great in America. I pray that Allah will remove all divisions among us, that there is no Arab, no Pakistani, no Indian Muslim, no Chinese Muslim. We are Muslims. Mm. And Muslims make us rise above all those things that previously have divided us. This is what would make America a great country if America would accept Islam. Thank you, Sheikh, and thank you, uh, my brother Ali Baghdadi, for inviting me. Thank you, my brothers. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, praise it due to Allah. Uh, now I want to go into the supreme wisdom and, 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 re, and revisit our mission, all right? Those of us in the nation, we got. I, I want us to revisit the supreme wisdom. Uh, let's look at the supreme wisdom. But yeah, three something and over. Okay, here we go. Y'all see the supreme wisdom, can't you? Let's go over the supreme wisdom, family. Who is the eighty-five percent? The uncivilized people, poison animal eaters, slaves from the mental death and power, people who do not know the living God or their origin in this world. And they worship that they know not what who are easily led in the wrong direction, but hard to lead into the right direction. That's the 85 percent. That's 85 percent of our people, family, whether we believe it or not. That's 85% of our people. Who the 10% then? The rich, the slave makers of the poor, who teach the poor lies. Now, let me say this here, because I had a brother try to use some little deceptiveness with me the other, or one time. He was talking about, uh, I think I was selling books. I was doing something, and, he, and uh, it was about 
finances, business, right? And he going to send me, brother, he said we should be poor, righteous teachers. Brother, that don't mean poor uh, financially. That don't mean be broke, homeless. Because he also says that Master Far Muhammad, who God came in the person of, promised us money, luxury, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. So don't get this right here twisted when it talks about the rich. It's talking about the rich who do these things, who are uh, slave making of the poor. So it says slave makers of the poor who teach the poor lies to believe that the almighty true and living God is a spook and cannot be seen by the physical eye. Otherwise known as the blood suckers of the poor who are the 5%. That's who we should be. Whether if you 5%ers, nation of God's earth or nation of Islam, 5% is 5%. Who are the 5% in the poor part of the earth? They are the poor righteous teachers who do not believe in the teachings of the 10% and are all wise and know who the living God is and teach that the living God is the son of man, the supreme being, the black man of Asia and teach freedom, justice and equality to all the human family of the planet earth, otherwise known as civilized people. So here we go. What is the meaning of civilization? Because now we finna go into the duty of those of us who are civilized. What is the meaning of civilization? One having knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, refinement, and is not savage. Pursuit of happiness. So we got to have knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, refinement, and is not savage. So we cannot be those who are acting other than ourselves as if we don't got knowledge itself. Living a beast life. All right. What is the duty of the civilized person or civilized man? To teach the uncivilized people who are savage civilization, righteousness, the knowledge of himself, the science of everything in life, love, peace and happiness. So that's our duty today. That's our work today. Teaching our people righteousness, knowledge of self, the science of everything in life, love, peace and happiness. So we all have a duty. Your duty may be a little different than mine. It may look different than mine. Right. Yours may be different than someone else's, but inside of that umbrella, righteousness, knowledge of self, the sciences of life. See, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said we wasn't taught the science of mating. He said we wasn't taught the science of warfare and the science of business. We, we wasn't taught these things. So you find out, what do you do? You may be the science of business. Somebody else may be, my thing is the science of warfare. Somebody else may be the science of mating. But if we collectively, he see, he said, we are all a loss. Mm, our Savior has arrived. He said, we are all a loss, but there's one supreme amongst us. So we all have a mission to do, may not be media, may not be speaking, may not be growing food, but you got a mission. That we've been given as the civilized people. So as I always say, get in where you fit in. So if you getting up and saying, what's the play, Brother Ben? If you getting up and you say, man, what, what's going on today? Uh, the, the, the play is get your butt up and, and go teach and go, or, or go do some work. The play is get up and do for self. The play is get up and go raise our people up from the dead level that they have been put in mentally and spiritually. That's the mission. 
even if it's sharing a video in an effective way, listen to me closely, an effective way, because if I'm just sharing and I'm just doing mass postings and posts and nobody sees it, hell, I'm just, I'm just making posts. But how I got to learn the science of breaking certain lectures down. I got to learn the science of putting it on a platform and social media in a way that is digestible by the, by the people. It's digestible by the youth. See, that's, that's a science. The science of editing. <laughs> the science of downloading and uploading. See, these are sciences that we are now using modern technology. That's in the supreme wisdom too. The modern technology. That's 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 really increasing the rate of the rusty locks being unlocked. See, we every time we put out something and it's hitting our people with the teachings, man, we man, we got them them keys that we got. Them keys that's unlocking the door. These are unlocking the rusty locks that our people got on their mind. Somebody said, Where'd you buy that sweater? This is a sweater that um that uh that came from my mind, actually. I designed this. Uh, and you can go to Instagram and DM BNX merch on Instagram and you can find this jacket that I'll be wearing. The one that says, whenever you're looking at a black man, you're looking at God. Go to Instagram, search BNX merch and just DM that account and uh, the team will get with you and figure out your size, your color. And, and uh, we'll get that going. Also, if you guys want text notifications when I go live about the teachings, when I go live about Minister Farrakhan, uh, just text Farrakhan to 555-888, and in the future, we will be sending out text notifications. Text Farrakhan to 555-888. So let's continue here. Why is this important, Brother Ben, that our people don't, don't be fooled by the mystery God concept? That's a great question. Let me show you why. Or let me just show you from the minister. He was talking about realism versus spookism here. That's what the minister was going into. He said, man, hey, you got to get into some realism. So listen to what he was saying about God. So those of you who don't think that God can appear. Come on. As a man. No, 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 no. You are a human. Mm -hmm. He said, if you were angels, I would have sent you an angel. That's right. But since you are a man, I send you. One like yourself. Mm. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www. What is abstribe.com? www.whatisabstribe.com. Now, if I speak the words of Allah, that's not me speaking. Come on now. That is He speaking. Mm. If I live the words of Allah, that is not I living, that is He living in me. Come on. Uh oh. As I walk, yes, 
in his path, he's walking with me. Come on. See, now there may be a fight coming up. That's good teaching here, man. Uh, what? What? Then Allah says in the Quran, it was not you who slew them. It was I. I slayed them by your hand. Well, if God can slay an enemy by your hand, then he can be in your mind, in your spirit, and make you his Khalifa. Come on now. Make you his Khalifa. What is a Khalifa? Representative. Hmm? One who speaks in the place of. Woo! These teachings is something, man. He's teaching us something. I know what you're thinking. Well, I, I, I was always told God is spirit. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. But you can't separate the spirit from the material. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us a message to the black man that uh, uh, the spirit is dependent on the material. You can't necessarily see it. You do see it, but you don't see it. There's a scene, but there's also an unseen. I can look at a brother and hear him, see him. That brother got a foul spirit, man. Something about that brother. Something about his spirit. Did I see a ghost? Huh? Did I see something that was invisible come up out of his body? Mm Mm-mm. When I look at the sister, oh, that sister got a pretty good spirit, boy. Man, she got a good spirit. Man, I seen her. Did I see a ghost come out and do the happy dance? No, I didn't. I seen her, but I seen the spirit in her. Huh? You don't get it. The electricity that's in this room. Y'all know we, we paid the electricity at the studio. How you know that? How you know that there's electricity in the studio where I'm at? Because it's not dark. You see lights. You can't necessarily see electricity but you see the conduit that the electricity is in. So because I see the conduit, I also see that there is electricity. So when the minister talked about, hey, when I speak and it's the word of God, that it's Allah speaking. Well, Christians, we see what you're saying when you thought that Jesus was God. Oh, he wasn't saying equal. But when he submitted his will, yeah, he did. He said, not my will be done, but thy will be done. So I know what scripture you think about, but brother Ben, it says that Jesus and God was one. That's a fact. Like Adam and Eve was one. But are you saying Adam was Eve and Eve was Adam? Mm-mm. They was one mentally. See, so when I speak is his, his words. When I move is, is his actions, is his will. So you're no longer looking at me. You're looking at God. That's why I say, hey, he all gods. Isn't it written in your law? You're all God's children of the most high God. So when I submit my will to do the will of God, I too will be able to say, I've been among you all this time and you still ain't seen the father. Me and my father are one. The honorable Elijah Muhammad has put his mind in the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Well, if he had the mind of God, And it said, let this mind, the same that was in Christ Jesus, be in you. Well, who mind do I now have? I got the mind of God. You don't believe me, do you? I know you don't believe me. Well, if I got my daddy phone, if this is my daddy phone, this is my daddy phone, and I give it to you, 
Let this same phone that was in the hand of brother Ben be in you. Do you got who 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 phone you got? Is it your phone or is it my daddy phone? Even though it's coming from me, daddy done gave it to me. Now I'm giving it to you, but it's still my father's phone. Same with the mind. See, if we got that supreme and if that intelligence is still present, that supreme wisdom is still among us. That power is still among us. And it only transfers like the copper. See, the electricity don't die out, but the but the copper can wear and die out. But what do we do? We replace the copper. And when we replace the copper, the electricity is, is still able to manifest itself through that copper. That's what you are, but you don't believe it. That's why it's, 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 it's really detrimental for us to believe in this mystery God. And not understand the power, the force and power that we have within the human being. We too can say B. What's the B? B is the thought. Then once it's manifested, there it is. B and it is. B and it is. There it is. This phone was first a thought. This phone was first unseen. Unseen thought. This microphone was an unseen thought. Thought. This laptop was an unseen thought, but but through the law of attraction and application, we met. It was manifested into a material thing, but it was unseen at first. The business, the business you got right now was probably unseen. Nobody knew what nobody knew about it. Nobody knew about it. It was in the triple darkness. Listen to me. The triple darkness of your mind. And as you weave that thing together. Through the spark of a thought, huh? ideas, the atom, through spark and time, willing this thing into existence, it left your mind and it became a reality. See, I first had a thought of being somewhere other than America. I, I, I had a thought of being in the Virgin Islands. Then through application and what I did through my gift, my gift made room for me and I ended up in the Virgin Islands. So where my mind was, shoot, now my body began to, it, it ended up being there. Shoot, man, this stuff is real talk. Man, we are really able to manifest things and change our condition if we just honed on to it. So let's go into this next part right here. Can I go to another part for y'all? And then I'm going to break down. I'm going to break down why they taught us about that mystery God that it was talking about in the Supreme Wisdom. Here it is. That's what this is all about right here. Look at this. Then we go into the message to the black man, chapter five. All right, right now we're in Message to the Black Man, chapter 5. Can I go into this? Here we go. The great arc deceiver, the white race, were taught by their father, Yakub, 6,000 years ago, how to teach that God is a spirit spook and not a man. In the grafting of his people, the white race, Mr. Yakub taught his people to contend with us over the reality of God by asking us of the whereabouts of the first one God who created the heavens and the earth. Ain't that what the people say? Come on, tell me if I ain't if I ain't lying. Ain't that what they say? Well, brother, if that's if we gods, brother, what about the one who made the heavens and the what about who made the mountains? Who did this? Come on, tell me that ain't what the people say when we try to teach them that they gods. That's the first thing they go to. Well, brother, I don't know if we can if we can make planets and all this here. Look at what he says. He said, uh, Yaku said we cannot do. Well, 
we all know that there was a God in the beginning that created all these things and do know that he does not exist today. But we know again that from that God, the person of God continued until today in his people and today a supreme one. God has appeared among us with that same infinite wisdom to bring about a complete change. This is he whom I preach and teach you to believe and obey. The devils call him a mystery God, but yet claim that he beget a son by Mary. They call on you and me to take his son of Mary for a God who was a man before and after his death. Yet they deny the coming of God to be a man. If Jesus were a son of God, what about Moses and all the other prophets? Were they not his sons since they were uh, since they were his prophets? The belief in a God other than man, a spirit, Allah has taught me goes back into millions of years long before Yaqub. Oh, long before Yaqub, because the knowledge of God was kept as a secret from the public. This is the first time that it has ever been revealed. And we, the poor, rejected and despised people are blessed to be the first of all of the people of earth to receive this secret knowledge of God. If this people, the white race, would teach you the truth which has been revealed to me, they would be hasten, uh, hastening their own doom. For they were not created to teach us the truth, but rather to teach us falsehood, just contrary to the truth. Now, I know some people out there who saying, Brother Ben, I don't believe this, brother. I don't. That ain't what the white people was doing. I'm going to bring you words from a white woman. Who's going to bear witness to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is saying in this very article? Just give me a few more minutes. It says, uh, it stands true that the enemies, that they are enemies of the truth by their ever warning against the truth. They know that Islam is the truth. They know that this history of them that God has revealed to me is the truth, but do not like for you to know such truth, such truth of them. Therefore, they seek every means to oppose this teaching. They try every one of you that say that you believe it and are my followers. They are watching you and me seeking a chance to do us harm. They are so upset and afraid that they visit you at your home to question you of your sincerity of Islam. Now, you say, brother, being proved to me, brother, that they are really trying to go against that truth like that, like you say. All right. Let me show you real quick. This is a white woman, by the way, and I'm finna show you. You know, some of our people still believe white is right. <laughs> so here we go. Check this out right here. Y'all probably seen this already, but for those who haven't seen it, I want you to see it again. Uh, see it for the first time. Here we go. Check this out. Listen to what she's saying. Go home. Christianity has been misused for hundreds of years to keep your people in subjugation. And I'm speaking now uh, a reality that the history books do not record, but history does. Christianity was used because if I said, okay, you don't believe the way I believe and Christianity is the best way to believe, so I'm going to take you, and it's going to be for your own good, honey. Mm. It's going to be for your own good. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to 
tear away everything about you and just keep your hands and your feet because they can help me getting off. But I'm going to do this for your own good because I'm going to give you a God. Now, what does that God look like? Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. The reality of it is when he came here, Listen. he didn't look look like me so what am I going to do about that I'm going to make him look like me so for hundreds of years we've been telling you and now you have to keep in mind that we took away any other God that you might have through force through fear through pain through uh, uh, any means necessary so now I'm going to give you a God, but I'm going to do that in a way that is going to further me. So I'm going to. So she said she's talking about the mindset of the white man. I'm going to give you a God that's going to further me, them. Listen closely now. Give you a God that looks like me, so that when you bow down to that God, you're bowing down to me because I, wa I wasn't hearing these things because the Bible tells us what Jesus looked like when he walked here the Bible tells us what he's going to look like when he comes back we have taken that and changed it do you remember when Jesus went to Egypt he hid in Egypt the people in Egypt honey they're, they're not white people how could he hide that? See, so that we've done that. We've given your people a God that looks like me so that you don't have any qualm about bowing down to me. See, because this is the image of God. I don't know of any sin that we've committed that's greater than that one. And we did it with the Bible in our hands when we were beating your ancestors for looking at us eye to eye mm. and we're quoting to them from this scripture mm. even if, if we allowed them to have their own ministry listen to this part which there wasn't any of because we didn't allow them to read but if we said, okay, you can have your church. It's my plantation. I'm going to do what I want with it. You can have your church. But then spies were sent. Listen. And those spies would stand outside the church, and that man would be beaten, perhaps killed, if he preached anything other than three sermons. Listen. And those three sermons were turn the other cheek. Mm -hmm obey your master and it's going to get better one of these days God's going to take care of all of it you're going to be in a happy happy land see God's going to take care of it you're going to be up there in a the, in the happy happy land see mystery teaching this is what the honorable Elijah Muhammad was bringing us in message to the black man so put up with what you're putting up with now and we made your people preach that to your people. 
And it's still being done. Still being done. It's still being done. Those are the sermons that your people hear. Those sermons are what causes your people to comfort me when I do something that's wrong. Mm, 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 mm. Said it causes our people to comfort them even when they do something wrong. I got that from Facebook family. Um, I couldn't find it on YouTube. You go to YouTube. I couldn't find it. Just type in white lady exposed Christianity or white lady um, tells the truth about Christianity on Facebook. It, it'll probably pop up by somebody. But man, that's um, that's powerful, man. So that's the teachings. I, I, I wanted to leave you guys with this. So I, I, We talked about the duty of Muslims. We talked about the meaning of Hajj. We talked about, hey, all those who say they was in the nation or say they was Muslim. Hey, man, this ain't the time to be talking about what you used to do. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said dead people talk about what they used to do. Living people talk about what they doing. We got work to do. We got love to increase. Because there's a time coming, family, where, you know, we may not be able to hear from the minister physically like we want to. We got we to gotta start the nurse on this book, Closing the Gap. We got a nurse on message to the black man. We got a nurse on how to eat to live. We got a nurse on fall of America. And we got to get into that self-improvement, the basis for community development book, because see, self-development is going to be key. We can talk about what everybody else should be doing. We should talk about what everybody else doing wrong. But, hey, we all got something. We all got something that we can improve on. We all got something that we can do better. So let's stand up, man, for that which has given us life. Stop telling me, emailing me, talking about this just change your life, the minister change my life, the nation change. Well, help change somebody else's life then. So that one day a young brother who's ever the age of 25, 35, whatever, can say, man, at the age of 18, that was his brother who was just sharing his testimony. Some of us scared. Some of us is scared to say the minister changed my life because of these fools on Instagram or, or, or YouTube. Oh, I'm scared they're going to make a little video. Man, to hell with them. I don't care if they black or white. I don't care what community they say they represent. Stop being scared to say the minister saved your life, man. Stop being scared to say, man, that these teachings is what resurrected me. Just saying that alone may get a young brother to say, man, mm, let me look on into this. But you scared of somebody persecuting you and making videos? Man, listen, bro. You know what happened in your life? You know what light turned on in your life, man? Stand on this, man. DMing about what you used to do in 1995 and all this. Hey, it's not going to change our condition right now that we in. The minister need our help. Yes, you know the health condition. We can talk about his health condition. We can talk about how he goes so hard. We can cheerlead for him. Look at him. Go ahead. You see how long he preached. But he's asking and been asking us for help, man. He's been asking us for help. So having all this knowledge about what, 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 what went down and Mr. the Black Man and the Quran. And we're not getting out there helping a man really defeats the purpose. So let's help this man who has sacrificed his life, man, for over 60 years to help us. And and, and speaking a good word, um, that helps. Teaching that helps. But by us striving to be a good example, by us striving to continue to overcome our obstacles, our lifestyle is what validates that truth. Not us coming out of mess to the black man, coming out to run. I'm going to leave y'all with this. 
The minister was told one time about some people who was flushing Qurans in the toilet. He said, ah, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. But at the same time, what's, what, what really damages the message the most is those of us who call ourselves Muslims and we don't live that lifestyle and we don't strive to improve and help other people. That really is what makes it look, that's, that's the most disrespectful thing. That's the most harmful thing right there. Not them throwing away the Quran. I see it all the time. Brothers be making memes about the Quran paper is, is, is toilet tissue, bro. You wasting your time. That ain't, that ain't taking one atom's weight off of the truth. One atom's weight off of the impact of the teachings and what's been done. You just, I mean, you just, you want to be a comedian. That's cool. But if they do that, so what? The book, we should be the book. The word, the truth, the impactful, transformational message, wisdom should be inside of us. So we got to take this time now to continue um, to study. So with that being said, I thank you guys for listening. And I hope you all have a blacktastic day. Assalamu alaikum. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system, yes, I said it, build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook, yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com.